Today I was originally going to cover uh, promissory estoppel, but someone in our pod talk group made a special request that we go over the topic of remedies. So I'm going to go ahead and skip promissory estoppel for now, uh, as well as the statute of frauds, and just go straight to remedies. And both those topics are pretty quick, uh, so I'll get to those. It's just a, it'll just be you know three, two to four episodes. Um, but for now, again, I'm going to go straight to remedies since there's a special request for that. So when one party breaches a contract, in our legal system, uh, it makes it so that the breaching party has to provide a remedy to the party who has kept their side of the agreement. And as you can imagine, there are going to be lots of rules dictating uh, you know, how these remedies are awarded. You know, If a remedy will be given, what kind of remedy, and how much. And this episode is meant to be just a basic overview of these rules. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to be diving into some cases and looking at more specific examples to see some of the details and nuances behind these rules. And before I go any further, just want to make a little side note. Um, if you're in law school right now and your professor says something that contradicts what I have said, you should, of course, just go with what your professor says. For one, your professor is probably right. And two, even if your professor happens to be wrong, they're the ones who are grading your exams. Um, and that goes for all the content we talk about on this podcast, not just remedies. And uh, the reason I bring it up now is because this subject can be a little more technical, and I'm just kind of give, giving myself a little bit of cover before jumping in. All right, so again, for this episode, I'm just going to give a brief overview of the basic rules of remedy. And it's going to be a list of about seven rules, and don't feel like you need to memorize these, or at least not right now. Um, I'm just listing them out so you can get a feel for what's required uh, for a remedy to be granted. Okay, so first, before we can grant a remedy, uh, we have to make sure that the other party is not also breaching the contract and that they, that they are actually fulfilling their side of the bargain. So if both sides are breaching the contract, then there's just no uh, um, remedy that needs to be given out. Second, American law almost always prefers to award money damages instead of specific performance. And specific performance is a phrase where it means that when the court says that you have to go and actually do the thing you promised to do in the contract. So courts don't like to do that. They say, instead of actually making someone, um, you know, give you the whiskey or making someone provide some good or some service, uh, just give them whatever that money, whatever that was worth in monetary terms. Um, there are going to be some exceptions to this rule and we'll cover that later. Third, when it comes to figuring out how much money should be given, in a remedy, there are three different standards that uh, courts can use. First, there's expectation damages, then there are reliance damages, and then there are restitution damages. And we're going to go into each of those in depth, but for now, I'm just, just, just know that the courts usually award expectation damages. And expectation damages um, are when, are the, is the remedy that is the amount it'll take to put the other party in the same place they would have been if the other side had actually performed the contract. Okay, so that was a mouthful. Let's go through an example. Let's say that you're a wholesaler and you promised to sell me a thousand gallons of orange juice, which I would then go and sell and make a profit on. If you breach the contract by not providing any orange juice, then you would owe me the profit I would have made had you actually provided the orange juice. So again, it's as if you, let's pretend if you had actually given me the orange juice, how much uh, better in a spot would I, would I have been in? That's the amount uh, that gets awarded. Okay, fourth, the purpose of remedies is not to punish people 
who breach contracts or to deter or even to deter people from breaching contracts. All we're trying to do is to make the party who did not breach the contract whole. So because of that, courts almost never award punitive damages, which are damages that go beyond the amount it would take to make the other person whole. So again, that may be a little bit unintuitive, but basically we're not really trying to deter people from breaching contracts. In some, some people would say it's, it's a good thing when people breach a contract. We'll talk about that later when we talk about efficient breach theory. Um, but again, just we don't we're not trying to punish or give out punitive damages. Okay, fifth, there are several rules that deal with how we translate the damages caused by a breach into a specific dollar amount. So you, so I can say um, I had this orange juice, uh, this orange juice I could have sold, made a big profit on. You got to take that and convert it into an actual dollar amount. And there are a few rules regarding that. So first, uh, the plaintiff. And when I say the plaintiff, I mean the party who did not breach the contract. The plaintiff has to prove that the defendant's breaching of the contract caused damages. And usually that's easy to prove. There's usually not much um, uh, controversy about that. But second, has to prove the amount lost with reasonable certainty. So they can't just go and make up a number. So if we go back to the orange juice example, I'd have to show the court with some convincing data on how much I could have sold that orange juice for and therefore how much profit I would have made. And again, it's a reasonable certainty standard. Second, these losses must have been foreseeable by the plaintiff. So going back to the orange juice, if we had made this contract with each other and then you breached, and then right after you breach, this uh, study comes out, like a a reliable study that people actually believe in. (laughs) And it says that drinking copies, like a lot of orange juice, is actually a cure for the coronavirus. So if that so that happened, the, the price and demand for orange juice would skyrocket. And the amount of money I could have made on that orange juice that you would have given me, uh, that would have skyrocketed as well. However, you're not going to be liable for that unforeseeable increase in demand for orange juice. That increased demand from the study. Uh, you would only be liable for the profit that I would have lost during you know normal times. A third, the plaintiff has a duty to, quote, mitigate his own damages. What that means is once I realize that you've breached the contract, then I have a duty to do whatever is in my power to reduce the amount of harm that's caused by your breach. And if you can prove that I didn't make that effort, then I may be prevented from getting any remedy at all. Okay, so again, those three rules were about converting damages claim damages into a specific dollar amount. Okay, now there's just a couple more rules I want to mention. Uh, each side in the contract can create their own damage, uh, damages slash remedy uh, clauses. So if they don't like how the legal system dictates how remedies are awarded or if that doesn't quite fit into their agreement how they want to do things, they can agree to their own set of rules about remedies. And then last, uh, remedies do include interest. So whatever... Um, it's not just the profit I would have made on the orange juice, but the profit plus interest. Uh, however, it usually does not in- include court fees or attorney fees. Okay, so that was a lot, and it was probably really boring, uh, but sometimes you just need to have this list kind of just thrown at you. Um, hopefully now you have a better idea of how remedies are awarded, and you'll be better equipped as we go into some of these cases. Um, I also wanted to mention that next episode... 
I plan on going a little bit more in depth into those uh, those types of damages we talked about before, the expectation, reliance, restitution damages. I'm going to do an episode specifically about those. And as a part of that, there are going to be actually some math problems. Uh, the person who requested this episode specifically asked about um, help with figuring out how to do the math for these different kind of damages. So I'm going to try and do that. I don't know how easy it's going to be doing math on a podcast through audio, but we'll see how it goes. Okay, that's it for this episode. I'll talk to you next time.